Hello. Amazing episode of Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. And we are here in season four. So congratulations to all of all of our friends, our family, our fans, and especially our viewers who have been watching us over these past seasons, who have been sharing our content, who has been loving on us. We greatly appreciate you, and we just invite you back to Kiever's Place for another amazing season. This season is going to be full with expert speakers who are passionate about their field. We're going to be talking to authors this season, and you are going to be hearing from me more often this season. The previous seasons, you know, you really haven't had me on stages to yourself. So this season is going to be a little bit different. So I'm super excited that you're here again, just sharing and embracing with us. Thank you so much for your support, your following, your love, all of that. So thank you. Tonight is going to be an amazing show. We have one of the experts in the field of education. She comes all the way from India, and we are super excited to have her here at Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. Joining us tonight is Dr. Charlie, um, I don't want to chop her name up, McCurgy, and she can correct me when she um, comes on, but she is a director of Adamus University with over 20 years of experience in the education realm. And her her uh, philosophy is she is a futuristic developer, developer, excuse me, in the field of education. So we're going to definitely talk to her in a little bit more detail about what it is she does and why is she so passionate about educating our young folks. I know that many of us are in fields for various reasons. So I'm very curious to hear how she actually was introduced to this field. So she is a global thought leader also. She is an internationally acclaimed inspirational speaker. She has graced the stages of so many people, not only in India, but globally. So she is globally known. So I'm super excited to have her. So after our brief introduction, we will bring to the stage none other than Dr. Shali. So you know what we do every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, make yourself comfortable, sit back, and enjoy the ride because you're finally at home at Keeper's Place. So stay tuned. Welcome to Keeper's Place, the Keeper Murdoch Show and Podcast. We hope that by the end of our show, you left feeling empowered motivated and connected so come on in the room grab your favorite drink sit back and enjoy the ride because you're finally at home at kiva's place now give it up for our host and producer coach kiva lernice murdoch yeah so welcome back to kiva's place the kiva murdoch show and podcast so as I, rich, as I just briefly mentioned, we're going to bring to the stage Dr. Shali. So thank you so much, Dr. Shali, for being here. How are you? Thank you so much, Kiver. It's absolutely a pleasure to be on this platform today. Well, I'm doing great by God's grace, and I'm sure you also must be rocking, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited. <laughs> 
Dr. Shiley, we have so much to cover tonight. So I definitely want to just dive in. So tell our audience a little bit more about you and how how you actually got into the education realm. Sure. So uh, this is Dr. Shauli Mukherjee, uh, a passionate academician, because I would like to define myself as a passionate academician first. With more than 23 years of expertise in the field of education, a global thought leader and an internationally acclaimed inspirational speaker from India. So it has been more than 23 years now, to be more specific, that I have been associated with the education sector. So in this long journey, I have been the principal as well as the founder principal of some of the reputed international schools in West Bengal, India, some of which had actually been established and founded by me. So like, uh, you know, Adamus World School, STEM World School. Now, why do I uh, specifically mention STEM World School? Because STEM World School happens to be, in fact, the first STEM school in the entire West Bengal region of India which was eventually awarded for being the second best international day school in the year 2016 by Education World. So that also happens to be my brainchild. So after spending uh, more than two decades in the field of school management and leadership, currently I'm associated with the higher education domain, where I'm presently the director, School of Education at one of the premier universities of Eastern India, named Adamus University. However, additionally, I'm associated with premier educational organizations across India, as well as globally in senior advisory role and capacity. Also, Kiva, I would just like to mention that um, I have been awarded uh, as one of the 50 most influential uh, women leaders in the education industry and 20 most uh, revolutionary edu leaders of India. And in the year 2021, I was also awarded as being among the 99 women achievers uh, of India and also a recipient of the World Peace Prize, uh, along with other international and national athletes. So that is, uh, you know, a brief about I had to give you a, a standing ovation for that. That is, you, you not only is an expert in your field you can clearly see that but you come with the accolades behind it like there are so many coaches or representatives out there that proclaim to be an expert but they really don't have the backing behind it well, what i can say about you is that you would not only um establish a well known global footprint behind you but you also bring like they say, evidence, receipts, right? <laughs> so I must commend you and congratulate you on all of your major accomplishments that has brought you to this very moment where we are today. But let me ask you, because I truly believe that there's there's a there's a background, right? There's a reason why we do what we do. What actually inspired you, Dr. Shali, to even begin this journey down the education road? Well, um, since my childhood, I always aspired to become a teacher because that is uh, that was the only thing that I had in mind, you know. I mean, 
as a child uh, you know the children they have a lot of dreams and aspirations so my dream my aspiration my ambition was always to become a teacher since childhood but when i grew up eventually i started realizing that education has enormous power to touch to inspire and to impact lives of millions of people around us and to create a unique world of difference around us mm -hmm. so uh, well it all started uh, before 23 years when i entered into the field of education with a lot of dreams and aspirations to create a unique world of difference around me through the ennobling power of education but uh, to tell you very frankly and honestly I started my career in a very well-reputed international school in Kolkata, West Bengal. But in spite of that, day in and day out, I actually started feeling a lot more frustrated and disappointed because of the way education was delivered in the true sense of the term. So I would rather tell you that, uh, you know, I was really heartbroken because <clears throat> the more I was into the system, the more I saw that the conventional and the orthodox educational norms actually force our young learners and children to metaphorically draw and color only within the lines. That is to conform and to comply and to compete and never ever to create or to innovate. Every single child is given the same amount of time to learn the same thing in the same way and preferably on the same day. So you wouldn't imagine, Kiva, that I in fact saw that these children who were brimming with curiosity, enthusiasm, a lot of creativity, you know, these were the children who were suffering and struggling day in and day out to realize their true potential. Because our education system is such a kind of a system which promotes a one-size-fits-all educational norm where each and every learner and a child is actually you know seen as a finished product of this redundant and orthodox educational system so our educational system actually denies the basic fact that each and every child is born with a unique blueprint with an ability to create a unique world of difference around him or her. Each and every child has their own passion, their own interest, their own talent, and their own gifts. So you cannot treat them all alike. I mean, they're so very different in each and every aspect. They have unique learning needs, unique learning demands. They learn differently. They learn at different points of time. So this cannot be ongoing. This cannot be a kind of a system which, you know, puts all the children in a kind of a box and treats them all the same. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was a very, very powerful trigger for me. Yes, I was uh, disappointed. I was frustrated. But at the same time, uh, it has actually enabled me to introspect a lot self-reflect a lot and that has actually eventually led me forward to come out of that box and to create uh, and establish the first STEM school in West Bengal which was in fact the school with 
a lot of difference. Where children had experiential learning opportunities instead of rote learning. Where children were not exposed to the standardized tests, rather their happiness quotient and their passion quotient were very high because each and everything that they were learning, they were in fact learning with a lot of fun and merriment and they were doing it by working with their hands. So, well, that is actually how, you know, I would like to describe that, uh, you know, those disappointing uh, incidents of my life had actually led me to create something which was completely different, new, but definitely was the need of the art. Mm. You know, I love that. I love that for so many different reasons. And what I appreciate about what you're saying is what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if if I'm wrong, you allow your students the freedom to be able to learn expressively, to be able to tap into their own inner strengths, their abilities, because what happens in traditional education and even, you know, my children that are closest to me struggle with this. Not everybody learned the same way, right? There are some people that are visual learners. There's some that are audible learners. There's some that are more tactile learners. They have to get in there and see the inner workings of how things um, maneuver in order to grasp it, right? And what I see like a lot of times in education, and I'm sure you have also seen it, when children learn differently, they're also categorized and they are looked upon as being, you know, different, not on the same level as their peers. There are some that may be placed in special education classes when sometimes it's not even necessary. It's just tapping into that individual child and learn and understand how it is to get them to comprehend the information you're trying to um, deliver to them. So I love the fact that you, you actually do that. You are using that child's innate ability in order to be able to reach them on an educational level. I love that. Absolutely, Kivor, and uh, I totally agree with your viewpoints, and they're so very correct. And in fact, I would just like to add that, you know, Picasso once said that each and every child is a born artist, but the challenge is to remain an artist as they grow up. So the message is very, very clear. Why is there a challenge? They are born innately creative and curious and enthusiastic. Each and every child is a born superstar. They are natural moonshot thinkers. They are potential risk takers. They are never ever scared to fail or to make mistakes or to jump and plunge into a lot of risks, right? So all these abilities are intricately connected with the quality of creativity and innovation. So just imagine if we have a kind of a culture and a kind of a system, and here I'm talking about not only the education system, but also you know the concepts of parenting, the strategies of parenting. So if we can have a kind of a system where we can actually retain those wonderful innate qualities of a child with which he or she is born, we really don't have to do much to bring about the best in them. Mm. So let me ask you this.
Okay, so because you focus on more of a, and you said an ex, experiential learning, and you don't have standardized tests. So how do you know your children are up to par with everybody else if there's no standardized test? And I ask that because there's in this industry where it's a firm belief that kids have to be tested on a national or global standard in order to rank them per se, um, to know how strong they are in certain areas. So if you don't do that, how do you, how can you put your children up to the other children that are being tested on a standardized um, basis? Oh, that's a wonderful question, in fact. Uh, let me just give you a brief context uh, so that it will help, um, you know, uh, analyze this particular point even uh, more clearly. So you see, uh, we all come from a kind of a culture where we love to impress this fact upon our children since their childhood that it's so very important to come first in everything, be it in academics or in sports or in extracurricular activities where we have to come first in everything. So the message that we are actually giving to our children since their childhood is that, well, you have to be an integral part of the rat race named life. So though, you know, the two essential skill sets that are actually required to thrive in this 21st century, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world actually happens to be collaboration and cooperation and not cutthroat competition. So if that is so, then why do we have a kind of a system where we force our children to compete with each other rather than to collaborate or to cooperate? Now, coming to the standardized testing, standardized testings are actually based on three things. They will test your child's capability of conforming, complying, and competing. They will only give you the results where you can find out, well, this child has conformed to all the rules and norms. He or she has complied and he and she has actually geared himself or herself for competing against others. So you tell me, Kiva, where is, is there any standardized test in this entire world which tests a child's ability to create or to innovate? Mm. Well, there are none. So why should we actually, we know as parents, we all know that it's so uh, damaging for a child to be labeled and to be categorized. In fact, you only told me a little earlier that we do that, you know, so we know that it's so very damaging for the future of a child to be labeled, to be categorized and to pinpoint that particular child based on maybe any one uh, aspect or capability or ability which we feel is important. So standardized tests and grading and ranking will always directly or indirectly help in labeling and categorizing the child based on certain aspects. And what are those? Now our current education system only focuses on what the child cannot do rather than what the child can do. 
So the child's potentiality is not coming out through the standardized tests. What is the child's likes, dislikes, passion, area of interest, talent, gifts? Well, the standardized test will never bring them out. It will only show you where your child is at a kind of a spectrum which believes in ranking and grading and labeling the children. So this is a kind of a redundant system. So we have to, while we speak about reimagining education, redefining education, revolutionizing education, and that too in this 21st century world where the needs and demands are so very different, well, we have to think about certain strategies which will actually evaluate the child's unique qualities. Because ultimately, you see, during this last two years, COVID has taught all of us a very, very important lesson. That the world doesn't care how much you know, but the world definitely cares what you decide to do with what you know. And for that, it is so very important for each one of us to understand why we do what we do. The world is definitely not looking for people who are exactly alike, you know, because if you have a critical problem or a critical global problem to solve, well, you cannot have people who, whose minds and uh, you know, heads are crammed with facts and figures. Minds which are systematically formulated to think alike. Those minds will never be able to solve or come up with a unique solution to a global problem. Rather, we need minds which are creative and innovative, minds which are capable of divergent thinking, minds which are capable of out-of-the-box ideation. Only they can come up with unique solutions to the problems. So we have to look back in retrospect and we have to introspect and find out and figure out whether our education system is actually creating the minds which can think out of the box which has the ability of divergent thinking. If it is not, then well, it is time. The time is ripe where we have to think about a transformational and a paradigm shift from a too structured, too organized and too formalized kind of an education system to a kind of a system which is more open, more flexible, you know, more stress-free, more activity-oriented kind of an educational structure. Well, that is the need of the art. I love that. And I love a couple of things you said that really resonated with me. And I wanted to go back to it. Um, one thing that COVID definitely taught us, especially in the realm of education, in the realm of consulting, in the realm of coaching, in the realm of just business and how we um, uh, operate nowadays, is that you have to be able to collaborate. You have to be able to work together. You have to be able to get several like minds together to um, produce a special product. And I say that because in the midst of the pandemic, a lot of how we moved was completely new. It was completely different. We had to learn to pivot. We had to learn to shift in our businesses. We had to learn to um, have a different outlook and how we educate our children. We have to be very innovative and more um, forward thought thinkers. 
in order to get a grasp on how to get our leg back up in the midst of this pandemic. And what I love that you said is that with your um, paradigm of education, you're focusing more on not only creativity, but collaboration. And that's something that we are not really innately taught to do. Well, I want to say innate, but we're not taught in a standard educational system to work together and just just collaborate together because like you said and i must agree with you 100 percent. it's about ranking it's about where you uh stand in in your class whether you are at the top of the class where you are more favored and you know you are just seen upon a lot of kids are gloated upon they are just put up on this high pedestal and if you're not where that that honor student is then I can clearly see how children fall through the cracks. So I want to ask you, how do we change this paradigm? Because it sounds good. It sounds very, um, you know, futuristic, if you will. And in the education system, especially here in the States, it's not easy to change to a futuristic development education program like this so how do we move forward in setting the standard of this child-centered because it definitely sounds like it's child-centered educational system how do we I go about doing that yeah sure so i would like to uh, start from uh, the point where you have right now ended child-centric now that is a very very important and a significant term so let us first analyze, let us first ask ourselves these questions as educators and as parents. Are we putting our children at the center of everything that we are doing? No, we are not. Coming to uh, the system of education. Well, the teachers are at the center. It's a teacher-centric education system. The teacher decides what is good for you. The teacher decides what content to teach you. The teacher decides in what method that content will be delivered. The teacher also decides how you're going to be assessed and evaluated and tested. So it's always what the teacher knows the best. So from this kind of a teacher-centric and teacher-focused system, we have to make a shift to a child-centric system where the child is at the center so that each and every decision each and every strategies and devices that we can think of will only revolve around the child will only revolve around the likes the dislikes the talents the gifts the passion the areas of interest of the child this is so very true, not only in the context of education, but also in the context of parenting. Now, this seemed to be very, very controversial, but just uh, think about it a bit, that even as parents, we tend to say or we tend to feel that, well, everything that we are doing is for the benefit of my child. But what are the thoughts that are topmost in your mind when you are taking important decisions for your child the thoughts that are paramount in you are the ones that 
you know, you feel that this is going to be good for your child. You feel that this will be good for his social standing. You feel that people will be, uh, you know, uh, assessing and evaluating my child in a positive light if I do these, 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 these things. So it's always what you are thinking, what your conception is, what your dreams and ambitions are for your child. But it is never your child's innate potentiality or his likes. So even in the parenting paradigm, a lot of things have to change in this dynamics. Even the parents also have to put the child at the first. So unless we do that, it's not possible. So this is the first thing that I would like to say. Additionally, well, there are so many things that we can do, actually. Not that you have to start with great things and very big things. You can start with very, very small shifts, you know, because I believe that if you really want to bring about a lot of transformation in the outside world, well, you cannot do that unless there is a shift somewhere here. So the shift has to be within you. You got to have conviction. You got to have belief. You got to feel that, well, whatever is happening is not correct. And then you move on and you do something uh, transformational. So just uh, think about a bit that our education system teaches each and everything to us, which are external to us. So we know about the history, we know about the geography, we know about which volcano is active, which volcano is dormant, what are the landscapes, where are the mountains. We learn everything which are external to us. But the education system does not teach us who we are, essentially. It never teaches us that we have to look within ourselves and we have to be comfortable in our own skin, that we have to accept ourselves completely, wholly and first. So the internal world is never revealed to us through the education system. We only get to know about the external world. So I feel, keyword that we need to allow more time to our children and the young learners, which they can effectively utilize in pursuing their passion, in developing their curiosity, in sharing and exploring and in coming up with a lot of novel initiatives on their own. And for that, I believe that we as educators and parents have to first stop stigmatizing failures and mistakes. We have a very, very bad habit of penalizing our children when they commit mistakes and they encounter failures. So we have to stop stigmatizing both because we have to understand that both failures and mistakes are an essential component of an effective learning mechanism. If you really want your child to develop into a creative problem solver, well, you must give him or her ample scope to pursue the three essential P's, that is play, passion, and purpose. Because it is only a potent combination of play, passion, and purpose that can actually make a person truly creative. Along with that, you also need to give your child both choice as well as voice 
to help him or her determine what, where, and how they would want to learn. So these are the kinds of shifts that we have to bring about. Also, not to forget that we are always, uh, you know, telling in various forums that we want to uh, ingrain and hone and nurture a growth mindset in our children. But how do we do that? We unfortunately come from a kind of a culture which celebrates the board results, the marks, the scores, the accolades, the achievements, the degrees and the certificates. But we never ever celebrate the effort or the process. We always celebrate the outcome or the result. What about the process? Unless you focus on the process rather than the outcome or the result, you can never ever think of honing and nurturing the growth mindset in our children, which is so very important in order to thrive in this 21st century VUCA world our children need to develop a growth mindset. They need to be potential risk takers. They cannot always play safe. They have to be bold. They have to be adventurous. They have to take on things which they have never taken uh, earlier. So this, uh, these are some of the few things, some of the few aspects of honing and nurturing a growth mindset. But are we doing enough as educators and as parents to hone and nurture this growth mindset in our children. We are always trying to train them or to tell them directly or indirectly to play safe. True. That is so true. Oh my goodness. This is so good and interesting. I love this conversation. And what I just keep hearing you say is that if we um, develop this particular system, I can just imagine our children being more well-rounded in the sense of being more emotionally intelligent you know and understanding and tapping into who they truly are as an individual as a person that is so good oh if you want to reach out to dr Shali, i'm just going to pop her email on the screen definitely reach out to her if you're interested in um learning and how to implement such a system in your own ed educational realm, whether you're in uh, K through 12 or higher education learning, definitely reach out to her. I know that she will be a great asset and she will get you on the right path to being more open-minded and fu um, futuristic in how we educate our children moving forward. Because our children of today is not the children of yesterday, right? I mean, they are so, they, I, I, it's, it's almost like they come out the womb more innovative, more, you know, purposeful. They just have a drive to want to do more than we did 40, 50, and 60 years ago. They are literally our children of tomorrow, and you can just see it in our babies. So, I truly believe we need to just shift our whole paradigm in how we educate them and how we uh, set them up for success, not based on yesterday's standards in education, but today's standard in education is so important. 
this young lady is not only an advocate for education, but she's also an advocate for women empowerment. She is an inspirational and motivational speaker. So I wanted to ask you, Dr. Charlie, really quick, because I know we are running out of time. Um, what, um, uh, how is it that women empowerment, right? How is it intertwined or play an integral part in education? Right, right. So tell us very, very quickly about that. It all depends on the kind of upbringing that you receive from your uh, you know, immediate family, your parents, your surroundings since birth. We make a mistake of thinking that education is something which only happens in the schools, colleges and universities. But well, that's formal education, which will uh, lead you uh, to get a degree or a certificate or somehow to manage maybe a job but that's not true education true education is something which you receive from your parents after your birth so when you are talking about women empowerment it all starts with maybe the time when a parent decides to segregate a boy and a girl child by using the two color codes pink and blue it also starts when the parent decides that if it's a girl the girl would love to play with a doll and a boy would love to play with a toy gun or a toy car so it all starts from there so we are actually giving indirect messages and signals to our daughters and our girls that well this is your box and you have to stay within your box also it can happen from the kind of fairy tales that the grandparents often decide to tell the child you see uh, in each and every uh, fairy tale there is a very very set pattern where the female protagonists are actually slim fair and white so are we trying to tell our daughters that, well, if you have to be construed as somebody who is beautiful, you have to be slim, fair and white? Mm. Also, the villainous, so-called villainous characters in the fairy tales are the ones who have high levels of intelligence and they're very, very ambitious. So are we again trying to tell our daughters that, well, if you are ambitious and if you have high IQ level, society may construe you as somebody who is a villainous character? So this is also education fever. So we have to be very, very mindful as parents, grandparents, educators, and people who are actually impacting the lives of our daughters and girls in meaningful manner by emitting and transmitting these kind of false and self-limiting messages since childhood. We have to stop doing that. Unless we do that, we cannot speak about women empowerment in global forums. We can't do that. It all starts from your family. Mm, I love that. And those are just just things you never really thought about, you know, and the villains are always wearing black. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> I love this, Dr. Shali. Listen, oh, my gosh, I have to bring you back. It just there is just not enough time to really dig into this. So I definitely want to just figure out a time where we can bring you back for for a part two. This has been so good, so enlightening. And I'm just super excited to just learn more about your field and how we can just progress and move forward. Um, how, well, first of all, do you have any um, projects coming up? Anything you want to share? Because I know you are on several platforms doing in interviews. Do you have anything coming up? Any projects, any books? 
she is also she's also a writer y'all she has books she has offered books so tell us about what you have coming up and very briefly about your um books yes so very recently uh one of my authored books uh, has actually come up and that is on the fundamentals of education leadership and uh, administration which is uh, very well available uh, on amazon and uh, apart from the books uh, well fever yes you know that very well that uh, you could often find me on various global platforms speaking on various topics which are of interest to me and which i'm passionate about to speak and advocate on women empowerment mental health issues youth empowerment futuristic education so in a lot of global platforms i regularly speak i write articles in magazines in journals and also yes there are uh, many live interviews which i do so yes a lot of interviews are coming up in fact it's coming up in the month of april as well so well that keeps me totally productively engaged yes very 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 productive <laughs> and busy if you want to definitely keep up with with Dr. Shali, you can follow her on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Shali McCurgy, right? Yes. And you can also find her on Facebook by her name. And if you have any questions, like I said earlier, definitely reach out to her, email her with any uh, questions. If you are interested in how to get something started with that will just move you from te teacher-centric to uh, student or child-centric, definitely reach out to her. I feel like she will not steer you wrong. As she stated earlier, if you're interested in any books that she has authored, definitely you can purchase them on Amazon. Just look her up by her name. Any final words, Dr. Shali? I have thoroughly enjoyed you. Like I stated earlier, you are welcome back to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast anytime. I hope to have you back this season, sometime this season, so we can really talk about more about women empowerment because I'm very yes. looking forward to just speaking with you in more detail about how it is that you inspire so many women to be the best women that they can be. Um, and hopefully we can see if we can collaborate together and pull something together. I, I just love you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Any final words? Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> so before we uh, wrap up uh, today's session, I would definitely like to express my gratitude and thanks to Kiva, uh, you know, for extending this invite. And I would also like to say that Kiva is doing amazing work in her field. So I really follow her on all on on almost all the social media platforms and please continue to do the amazing work and because yeah. it's only when uh you know people with great ideas they come together often greater things can happen so i would be so happy to come back to this platform and yes we are going to discuss about women empowerment the next time well my final thoughts would be um a very very uh small message maybe to all the parents uh, because this was about education. So I thought that let me give my final message to the educators as well as to the parents. So we really need a kind of a transformational shift here where we start focusing on the child's abilities rather than the child's disabilities. We need a kind of a mindset where we can focus more on what my child 
is good at doing rather than what my child cannot do. So we need a kind of a mindset which will enable our children to grow and evolve into the very best, the highest and the authentic version of themselves rather than becoming a carbon copy of us. That is a very, very simple message from my end today. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, we really need to just pay more close attention to our children. And as parents, you know, you really think we're doing the best we can, you know, which a lot of us do. We are doing the best we know how to do with what we are given, what we are taught and what we surround ourselves with, what we see. But we really need to start thinking outside of the box with it when it comes to our children of today. So this has been very enlightening. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. You are one busy woman. So I want to ask you before we close, and I like to ask this of my busy women who are busy like me, we're just doing so many different things, but self-care is also very important. So I want to make sure Dr. Charlie, that you're taking good care of yourself, sister. So what it is that, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you are good and you are staying grounded and focused and you are taking care of Dr. Shali? So tell me what you're doing. What a wonderful question. <laughs> I just love it. So uh, Kiva, um, apart from having an extremely productive and busy schedule, I'm a person who is spiritually, deeply spiritually inclined. So I always keep on reminding myself, I mean, this is a kind of a voice which continuously, you know, works in my head, in my mind and in my soul that no matter whatever I do, I am the child of God. So I come from him and all my capabilities, my power, my knowledge, my skills, my abilities, potentialities are all reflections of his magnificence and his generosity. So if he is my source, so whatever is possible for him is actually also possible for me through him. That is the only thought which keeps me going day in and day out. See, this is my sister. Didn't I tell y'all? <laughs> yes, you better recognize all our strength comes from him, right? And we are nothing without him. I love it. Stay connected to the source and you can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. Thanks for just being here. Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed having you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to connect with Dr. Shalvi, I'm going to put her email address on here one more time. Definitely reach out to her. She's also on all social media by her name, but you can email her personally at meetingdrmukherjee at gmail.com. Meetingdrmukherjee at, at gmail.com. You can also find her on all social media outlets by her name, okay? So if you have enjoyed our show tonight, definitely tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because this season is going to be lit. You hear me? We have a lot more phenomenal experts in their fields who are passionate, who are advocates, who are inspirational and who lift others up. So we are going to be talking to them this season. 
You're going to be hearing more from me on a one-to-one basis. We're about to get personal and deep this season, y'all. So you don't want to miss Kira's Place this season. So definitely come back and join us next Thursday night. And you can also follow us on all social media at Kiva's Place. You can listen to us on all digital platforms, including but not limited to Pandora, Amazon Music. We're on Amazon Audible. We're on iHeart. Baby, we are everywhere. So just look us up at Kiva's Place, okay? If you want to support us this season, like I said, we have a huge season coming up. So if you want to support us, definitely visit us. You can find us on anchor.com forward slash support. You can pour into us for as little as 99 cents a month, okay? All the way up to $9.99. We would very much appreciate any support you're willing to give us to keep us on the air and to keep us relevant, okay? So I love you guys and thank you for another amazing season. We're about to kick off season four. So thank you so much. And until next time, just continue to love each other, connect and glow because building your network also builds your net worth. So thank you so much. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Peace and blessings. Good night. Thank you for watching Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. Tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kiever's Place. To be a guest on our show, text the word guest to 803-368-3030 or visit us at tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place book and watch us on apple tv roku and amazon fire as we're broadcasting in more than 60 million homes worldwide